Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. Uh, my name is Dan Martin. Uh, I am a special effects artist and podcaster and I'm joined as ever by my lovely co-host Sam Ashurst and I'm a writer, I'm a director and oh boy uh, am I reticent to talk about Dan Martin's choice for this oh. fortnight. The baby. And so it begins. (laughs) I really, really hoped that we'd get into this podcast and you'd be like, well, I was reticent, but goddamn do I want to proselytise about the baby. So (laughs) a bit of background for our dear sweet listener out there. Dan has wanted to do the baby for... Pretty much since it was announced at Fright Fest. Well, since before it was announced, because we knew about it before Fright Fest. And I That's true. I couldn't mention it. That's true. And so he's wanted to do it for a long, old while. And I have been, yeah, I've been kind of a bit Thank grumpy you. about it. Am I allowed to quote you directly when I first said? Yes, you, you are. are. Yeah. I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, uh, in order to get me to watch that shit, Dan has... Um, Help me move house. Help me move house <laughs> today. <laughs> and in payment, I made you come watch the baby. And, and also cooked me a delicious meal. And, and, and yet still... Um, I am not. I'm not a convert to the the baby you're not, fandom. You're not at all a convert. I mean, there, there are elements to it that I admire. It's got a great score. And by the yeah, way, we're not going to go into spoilers. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep this one like super surface because yeah. we know that most people won't have seen this. Yes. If you have seen it, hopefully there'll be something in this podcast for you to be like. And oh, if yeah. you haven't seen it, you lucky lucky person. Oh, you, no, if you <laughs> haven't seen it, you. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> We've also been drinking, dear yeah. sweet listener. Sorry, we that, did that we did a lot be. of uh, heavy box lifting today, so we've celebrated with uh, pasta and red wine. So. Yeah, it's, um, it, it has been a lovely evening. But yeah. yes, Happy the 2019, film. by the way. Yes, we're recording this. Uh, we're recording this in December uh, 2018. So we're actually recording this ahead of our end of year yeah podcast yes uh, this is this is not so. making this film is not making my interview well that would probably be because it was directed in 1973 <laughs> that's the only reason that i can imagine i'll give you that so dan be. dan yeah forget me right. ignore me okay you talk. Hi, welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast <laughs> with Dan. <laughs> dan tell tell the audience why you uh love this film so much this is a this is one of those lovely movies where I just stumbled across it. I was doing a like it was my one of my first paid production jobs. It was back when I still worked as an editor um, and a camera operator. I'd been working in the UK for a while uh, as a beta SP camera operator for like events and corporate stuff. And a job came up in the states uh, pre YouTube Macromedia Flash was the only way of hosting videos online. And the first website to do like a, a proper video hosting option was this, uh, this place called Atom Films. And it was, it was similar to YouTube, except it wasn't, you couldn't just, no one could, it wasn't just something that everyone could put stuff up, it was curated. Uh, and I remember Ardman uh, developed the Angry Kids short films yeah, as, cool. as, as a promotional thing. Like that was in partnership with Atom Films. And this was about the same time that Matt Stone and Trey Parker were investing in Macromedia because that was the platform that they were using for the early series of South Park. Nice. So it was it was all an exciting time and the technology was new. Um, and they were the first people to find a way of doing like a really sustainable 
streaming video, but it was still quite short form. Because basically every keyframe had to be turned into a, a vector to mm. work through Flash. So it was quite a, uh, like a, the, the transposing was quite um, energy intensive. Um, and then they decided that they wanted to do a feature. They wanted to be the first people to put a feature film online as a streamable option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they chose uh, something that they could, like a new project that they could have the rights to. So they chose uh, a documentary film called The Journey, directed by a guy called Eric Saperstein. And the, 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 the documentary is fine. Like it's, it's quite a good documentary. It doesn't really, doesn't really say much, but it's, it's like Eric was a very good like public speaker. And one of the big things that they did was they set up a, a promotional tour for it. Where mm-hmm. He'd travel around the States um, with... Uh, the film's basically a documentary. Like I think Eric's father died and then he was like, what does it mean to feel like you're a success in life? And then he mm. went and interviewed a bunch of people about what it meant to be successful and to feel successful. And some of them were like really big guys, um, like Warren Buffett and... Uh, <laughs> And some of them were like just little guys who had like a little business and, and had done a thing and, and mm-hmm. you know and, and made good. One of the people we interviewed was this country western music star called Edwin. No, see, I was going to say Edwin McCain. It's not Edwin McCain. Unless do you know Edwin McCain? I literally no. have then, no, no idea. No, then it, then it's probably the name. I, I, <laughs> I thought I'd done that thing where I'd said someone like who was much more mainstream famous. But I think Edwin that, Collins. No, is that who maybe you that's thought? what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Edwin McCain is this like triple platinum country guy. It was, I think he was like kind of pop country in mm-hmm. the in the late nineties, and he was one of the people that uh, Eric had interviewed, and they got on really well. So we're going to do this tour, and what they did, and this ties in really nicely to a, an episode from last year. Uh, what they did was they'd go to all these different like college towns, and they'd show the film, and then Eric would get up and he'd do his talk, and it was more like a like a motivational speech than anything else. Mm-hmm. And then Edwin would do some uh, some songs, and then then he'd do some more talking, and it was fine. It was on that trip that I first got introduced to Dave the Rock Nelson. It was, Amazing. It was on one of those college trips, like hanging out with the college kids afterwards. But as part of the like oh, the wow. promotional promotion that, uh, that Atom were doing, not only were they doing the live show talks, but they were also, they wanted uh, a group of young filmmakers to like overland it around the country following this tour in a thing that would be called, like, you know, the, the journey online or, you know, whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was called. Mm. And, and, and it would be, each week, those people would submit a short film to Atom Films and it would be put online in this, like, you know, burgeoning technological marvel uh, to, to show the progress of it and to, to, to whet people's appetites to this, this upcoming project. And I applied and I got in. So I, I basically, it, it's kind of like real world world road rules before real world road rules <laughs> myself um a, uh, a, a a filmmaker i don't remember anyone's names it's fine it's it was a long time ago i was 20 i just turned 21 i mean i am intrigued about how this road leads to the baby All right so anyway the point is that, that, <laughs> that they i got out there and i got great greeted with the news it was a paid job right but mm-hmm. i got greeted with the news we didn't think through the visa situation. So you're here, and I've not done anything. Like since then, I've worked on films in the States and I've had to do all the visa bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. I hadn't done any of that, but I didn't know that that was weird that I hadn't done that. So I got there and they say, oh, we haven't done any visa work. So you're here as, a, you're here as an intern. We've just done an intern visa for you because that means you didn't have to submit anything. Right, right. I'm like, 
cool. <laughs> uh, what does this mean for me? And they're like, well, what it <laughs> do means, I still get paid? What it means is we can't, we can't, ta- and they did air quotes, we can't pay you. And I'm like, right, I don't like the sound of this, given that I'm in a different continent from where I live. Yes. And when you broke this news to me. And they're like, well, we can give you the same money. Like, you'll still receive the same cash, but it has to be considered a stipend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, well, I don't really know what that means. It um, means you're going to get paid in the baby. No, it means, well, it does. In a <laughs> sort of way, but what it means is I had to, before I could get each chunk of money... I had to provide receipts valuing the previous chunk of money. I couldn't save anything. I had, right. to, I had to spend it. Right, right. And the thing, but the thing is, like, we were living in a fucking bus. Like, we were living in a 1978 VW Combi. We were sponsored by Volkswagen for the for the tour, except that that meant that we could only stop off at their like garages, of which there it seemed to be like three in the entire continental United States. So that was ridiculous. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I just like I didn't really have anything to spend this money on. We, you know. You, even at 21, I couldn't drink that much. Like, mm-hmm, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like I was being paid a king's ransom, but I wasn't, like, I just didn't have anything to spend money on. What I did find out, however, was that not included in my pay was access to the company FedEx account. Ooh. So I started just buying DVDs from Best Buy. Every time we went through a town, I'd go into Best Buy and I'd just buy, I'd go into the genre section and I'd just buy stuff. And I'd box it and I'd ship it home. And that was how I made up my receipts. Hundred percent, what and, I would do. And my my video collection went fucking crazy at that point. Like that was a, that was the high point of something weird video being mm-hmm, around. Mm-hmm. Um, Image were really big. Blue Underground were kind of getting started around then. Mm-hmm. Like you know they've gotten foot in the door. But like that, yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, so I had and I was able to buy sight unseen all these films mm. that I normally would have had to be reticent about like oh you know is this a wise spend whatever. But I was just buying fucking anything mm. because I had to spend the money. Otherwise, I didn't get the next paycheck. And one of those films was The Baby. And it was one of the films that I watched before I shipped it back. So I saw it while I was out in the States. And mm. I immediately became a prophet for this movie. <laughs> like, I had to make people watch this movie. So uh, while I was in the States, when I got back, like, people were being made to watch this DVD of The Baby. Um, and I absolutely love it. And, and that was one of the things I was really excited about uh, watching it with Sam. So this is the first podcast we've done in a while yeah as we mentioned earlier sam's just moved house he's actually moved back much closer to where i live so we're going to be hopefully doing more of these but we've uh yeah so this is the first time in a while we watched the film together Mm. but it's also the first time in absolutely ages that we've watched the film and then immediately recorded the podcast yeah no this is yeah it's a hot take (laughs) it is a very hot take and so yeah i mean uh, for me I, i was very reticent to watch it i i still feel i mean i was very creeped out by the film but that's good right isn't that what you want uh, well i mean what i want and uh, and i'll give you this what i want from a film these days is to be surprised by mm. something yeah and and i was certainly surprised by one or two things well, in this I'd say film more than a two things like yeah. about two thirds of the way through you said i'll give this film one thing it's incredibly unpredictable <laughs> <laughs> it's true and and i should also point out that after 24 minutes we paused it to see how far in we were and i could not believe that it was only 24 minutes and dan asked me how do you feel and i said i feel like i'm in hell <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair but i do think that, it, that's that tr- it's fair to point out and this is based in supposition on my part so mm. sam hasn't confirmed this i think that sam didn't feel that it had been 
like he wasn't surprised at the 24 minutes because it was dragging. He felt like surprised it was at the 24 minutes because it's kind of bananas and a whole bunch of shit had gone down. I mean, I, I, I felt we were at that point around about half an hour before the end. So you thought we were an hour in. Yes. It's an 84 minute film. So you thought Correct. we were just, yeah, like 55 minutes in. Yeah. And, and, and also, I guess that this kind of fits into the sort of surprising nature of it in that. I'm very used to knowing exactly where we are at 22 minutes, knowing exactly where we are at 44 minutes, because uh, certainly modern films, whether it's blockbusters or indies, they all hit the same story beats at the same point in the narrative. However, this film, narrative... So, no, but... So I, I get what you're saying, but I think that actually, if you, like, if you, once you pull back at it, once you've seen the whole picture, you actually realise that actually it was doing that, and that it does have this point at the end of Act it has, one, it, it has, does have this point at the midpoint of Act yeah. 2, and it does, but, but, it has it's a such solid, a wild ride mm, that you mistake peaks and troughs for other events. It has a very solid midpoint, pretty much bang on, um, I will give it that, but you, you cannot say to me that the first act ends when the first act traditionally ends. In, in other films. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will say it. I mean... I'll say it on the records. I mean, Arrow Video, who, whoever it is, um, decided that this was... Uh, this needed a Blu-ray. And to be fair, the extras are very solid. Yeah. Um, some, some new stuff, some archive yeah. stuff. There's an yeah. audio commentary. Like, I think they've done, they've done pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't... I, I mean, it just baffles me. It really baffles me because... Outside of Dan, I think I could ask every single person I know, did you want the baby to be on Blu-ray? And they will say to me, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> How many, Whose have, baby? Have you, ever, have you ever had anyone mention this film? No. Have you ever heard, had you heard of it? Never. Before the Arab War? No, no, no. The first I heard of this was um, at Fright Fest when the trailer was played by Arrow yeah, yeah, yeah. to say we were releasing this on Blu-ray. Well, they did it at the Duke Mitchell, didn't they? It was the Arrow's yeah, like, that's bit it. of Duke Mitchell was their yeah, announcement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... Yeah, I, I I had no prior knowledge of this, and and I pride myself on knowing quite a lot about um, cult films. But <laughs> this this one passed me by. Well, and weirdly, it's almost a mainstream film. So one of the things that Sam and I were talking about it so much during is that it feels like Italian exploitation cinema brought to America. Like yeah. the soundtrack feels super Italian. The styling feels super Italian. Um, even some of the shots, although a lot of it feels quite like like uh, conservative suburban America, mm-hmm. there are, when things start getting a bit crazier, especially towards the third act, there's some pretty like almost giallo-esque lighting choices. Yeah. The sound, yeah, the soundtrack's really exciting, which it sort of drifts from like bits of Morricone all the way across the sort of Russ Meyer soundtracks in places. Like it's, it's a, it's a pretty wide canvas for the sound as well, which is really good. Mm. And the costumes and the hair are incredible. Yeah, it, it's just a really exciting film. And then you find out that it's like, oh, this is the guy that directed Beneath the Planet of the Apes. This is the guy that directed like Magnum Force. Like this is a mainstream production. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel sick, but other than that... <laughs> <laughs> It made you feel sick because you hadn't. You're like, well, I've wasted nearly forty years of my life. Let, let's say that. Let's say that. Let's say that. But um, I, I mean, you know, it makes Dan happy, so it makes me happy. But I will never, ever see. I will die before I see this film again. 
What are you talking about? This is, I think, literally, we'll never my, see this, this film again. Conservatively, this was my sixth watch. Oh, I mean, you said more than that. Well, I said I thought I'd watched it half a dozen times already, so yeah. like I was saying seventh. But I'm, like I said, conservative. Okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'll definitely watch this film again. Like all the love to Arrow in the world, and and obviously they can only work with what they're given. There are places in it where the sounds a little muddy. The the pictures much not. There's a massive improvement on the old American. Uh, DVD. Mm-hmm. The sound, I think, is a bit of an improvement because it wasn't great on the disc, on right. the old disc. But it's not. It's not the crispest. Like I, you know, you talking about how like mind blowing the uh, what was it we watched recently where you were oh it was the cat it was the Candyman yeah. audio where you're like what the uh, fuck no it was City of the Living Dead City of the Living Dead yeah City of yeah, the yeah. Living Dead yeah 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 so it's, there isn't that kind of moment with mm. the sound um, but there is a lot of like I think there's a lot of location sound in there like you mm-hmm. know you hear a lot of wind you hear a lot of rain like there's a lot of background noise going on but overall like it's a it's a pretty solid production it's, and it's, it's a really solid disc it's really interesting that you mentioned something weird before because that is what it reminds me of most oh one, yeah one of those something weird double bill it, I, it, I don't think it is I think without going back to my disc and it's but that's what it reminds me of yeah I think you know. it was Image Right. Who, who released it originally. But anyone out there who, who is a Something Weird fan, I do think that you will really like this film because, yeah, I mean, they did some fucking strange double bills. Um, oh, they really did, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I feel like we should slightly wrap this up because we don't want to go into spoilers and there's so much I want to say about individual oh moments in the yeah, film. Yeah, well, that's it. So, like, there You are, should experience there's, it. Yeah, there's... Obviously, really, you shouldn't need to be told, but really don't dip into the extras without having seen the film because yes. there are some very spoilery extras yeah, yeah. on there, um, but they're definitely worth checking out. Mm. For me, yeah. I, I can't possibly recommend this at full price. However, if FOP are having one of their sales where it's a certain amount for a certain amount, I, you know, I would recommend picking it up as part of, you know, get two or three films that you actually want to get and then... It is worth a risk because I do feel like as much as it wasn't for me, there are enough elements in the film, certainly the score, which was amazing, and some of the performances in, in to a certain extent. And, that, I, I and the what, hairstyles. I hear, I hear what you're saying. You're, yeah. What you're saying is... It's not for everyone. You think it's a very important film. No. And everyone should Never. see it. Please but don't what, watch you this. you don't want your name connected to a... a, a Never put like my a, name near this. Like a, a, a in recommendation. Fact, don't put this... You would like me to spend money on skywriting to put your I, name next to the film. Can I go anonymous on this podcast? Can it be with, with Dan Hi, and... Welcome to the Arrow Video <laughs> Podcast, starring Dan and some guy. So, Dan, what on earth would you recommend off the back of this film? Um, so I've got a highbrow and I've got a lowbrow recommendation based off this. Uh, do you want the highbrow or do you want the lowbrow first? I'll go for the highbrow. Uh, so the highbrow is Dogtooth. Yes. Uh, if you, I'm presuming you remember the film. It's a fantastic movie. Yagos Lanthimos, uh, who did The Lobster and most recently Killing of a Sacred Deer. Was that most recently? Or did you the Favourite. Oh, The Favourite. Yeah, I've not seen The Favourite yet, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, fantastic director. Uh, Dogtooth was his last film before he went English language in his movies. Um, it's about a father who, uh, to protect, quote-unquote, his, uh, his children from the outside world, um, decides to create a potentially, probably fictitious threat uh, outside the world that they just take on faith. Uh, and part of his created world is this made-up language that they all talk, this kind of 
this version of, of language that he has instilled on them. Um, this was actually uh, my wife, Jen, Handoff's suggestion uh, for a recommendation. I think it's really solid. Um, it's definitely about um, overbearing parents and, uh, enforcing their belief on what's best for their children when it's arguably not what's best for their children, which has a lot of parallels to the baby. It is a I'd say it's a classier film than The Baby, but I do think... Would you? Uh, Would you now? Well, borderline. <laughs> Only just. All right, now hear me out. <laughs> I think if you'd watched Dogtooth and it was in your native language, you'd have been a lot more, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I think we can't... I mean, I'm, films, I'm 100%. I was 100% what the fuck about Dogtooth. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I, I'd say. Without that... going into any details, obviously <laughs> it doesn't have that one two punch of those two scenes in the middle oh of the baby. God. When you were like holding your own face with upset. Oh, God. You said, I feel sick. Never make me do this again. <laughs> but yeah, no, Dogtooth is a very solid recommend. My first recommendation uh, is a film uh, called Mumsy, Nanny, Sunny and Girly from 1970. And, and now this, this um, again, very 70s, very weird... Uh, directed by the magnificent Freddie Francis. If you don't know yeah. of, of Mr. Francis, then check out everything he's ever done, uh, whether it's direction or cinematography. But yeah, Mumsy, Nanny, Sonny and Girlie is kind of similar in that it's this weird family who basically kind of kidnap people and uh, force them to take part in this weird role-playing game where they're the perfect family. But it, it has the similar thing in that people are, are forced to behave younger than they are in a very different way to the baby. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, it is a kind of bit of a cult treasure from the early 70s. And I would recommend it even not off the back of the baby, but I do think that it would work as quite a nice double bill. Yeah, it's a good. It's just a good movie. Yeah, and tonally, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something similar there. What's next, Dan? Uh, next is my lowbrow recommendation. Uh, it's uh, by a Mr. Tonino Selvi. It's uh, Queens of Evil from 1970. Yes! Uh, Queens of what Evil. What a film. Was a, I always feel like we've recommended this before because it's so fucking good. We might have mentioned it. I don't know if we've ever recommended <gasps> it off the oh, back of so something. Much. Almost certain we would have mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, Nick Vesberg, who does the Letterbox account, would know better than us. But um, thank you, Nick, by the way. Um, we have our phones on airplane mode, otherwise we'd just check live. But no, tell us about yeah. so, Queens of um, Evil. Queens of Evil, uh, directed by Tonina Servi, who also did uh, Spider Labyrinth, is a, another film about an outsider who has to face off against a household of three crazy ladies. In this instance, it's Ray Lovelock. Uh, whose motorbike may or may not have been given a puncture by the devil. That's unclear. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he uh, ends up in the woods at a, a sort of uh, a very like uh, pop art house uh, with these three beautiful women in it who have paintings of themselves on the wall. And shit gets significantly weirder then on out. Uh, Sam and I were talking earlier about how that this, if we if we could choose one film that we could enforce, mm. inflict upon Arrow then it's this. Like, just track it down, please, please do. Yeah. Maybe do a, a podcast special edition yeah. with Sam and I. We could, we'll do all the extras. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do an audio commentary. We'll do two, three, three audio commentaries. Yes. A joint one and then one each separately. Whether you like it or not, that's happening. Yeah, that's definitely happening. And, and then if you don't do it, then we'll just watch it 
and and do that as an episode, <laughs> even though I haven't released it. Yeah, with but an audio, and then we'll release an audio commentary for it as well, just online. Tell them about the uh, the poster. Oh, so the photo booster poster contains an amazing image, which um, Sam correctly said this is the kind of image that you'd expect to be like a lie that the graphics studio were telling about the film. It's, uh, but it's, no, it's true. It it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's hundred percent down the line factual. It it, uh, it concerns a very buffant woman uh, sat with her knees quite apart as a, uh, a hand holding a gun protrudes from her nethers. Yes, it is a uh, and it is it, it's the tip of the iceberg as far as the weirdness it, of that. It's film a sight goes. to behold. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's a great recommend. Tonally, there's there's something there. I think. Yeah, I think well because obviously you know we were talking about uh, the baby feeling like it could almost be an Italian film brought over to to the English speaking world, and obviously Ray Lovelock is an English actor who's gone over to the Italian world as he did regularly, and is now you know at the mercy of these three Italian women. I assume they're all Italian women. They 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 cast from all over. It could have been anyone, but but the um yeah like so there's that the meeting of worlds, but on the other side everything's flipped. Yeah, but, but stylistically they're very similar. That's great. And uh, for my next recommendation, you've you, I mean so far, you've had some very solid, quite high class recommendations. I'd say, um so I'm going to continue that tradition by recommending that you absolutely must watch. The Garbage Pail Kids movie, which for me is one of the greatest films ever made. I've seen it many, many times. Uh, I, I wore out the VHS um, from the video shop by renting it over and over again. I was obsessed with this film. Um, I it's think one of the VHSs you kept. It was moved last time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so I, I gave away uh, just so many VHSs, but um, I kept a handful of very special ones. And Garbage Pail Kids, the movie was one of those. I had it on big box, and and where it fits in with the baby, I don't know. It does. One of the those Garbage Pail Kids is a baby. Um, yeah, so well, that, they're that, all babies. That, they're all kids. No, but there, there's oh, one yeah, that, yeah. that that is specifically a baby, baby and um, yeah, I mean they're all fucking creepy, but probably the baby one is the creepiest, which ties it to the baby. In fact, I showed Garbage Pail Kids the movie to my friend Georgia, who who still has nightmares about this film. Um, it is fucking weird. Jo- Georgia, who we've mentioned before. Yes, yes. Um, I should reintroduce her, but um, she's my good friend who I watch trash movies with. Um, I mean, you know, I, I recommend Tarkovsky on this podcast, but I also deeply, deeply love trash, VHS trash specifically. So, um, yeah, please, dear God, Arrow, Arrow, I will do anything <laughs> if you if you do a, a fancy. And, and it's happened. It, it was released in the States. It was a lovely Blu-ray of uh, the Garbage Pail Kids movie in the States. Who was that? Who put that out? I think it was Screen Factory. Screen, I mean, that sounds Screen Factory up and down, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and they, they put in a lot of effort and a lot of care and a lot of dedication to the extras. So what you're saying is Irish should blow them out of the water like they did with the thing. Yes. <laughs> and Candyman. So you're looking Man. for a 4K scan of the Garbage Pail yes. Kids movie. Please, Arrow, I will, I will, I will be your eternal servant. Though to be honest, I already am that because we do this um, bloody podcast. But uh, Dan, what have you watched in the past couple of weeks? So uh, obviously, as you're all aware, back in 1963, Meitan Exan, uh, Turkish director, won the uh, Berlinale Golden Bear. Uh, well, sorry, so he made the film in '63. Actually, he won the award in '64 for Dry Summer. Uh, which is a, a fantastic movie. Mm. But six years later... Oh, yeah. 
1970, he really, he really found his feet with his peculiar exorcist rip-off. Hold on, Satan. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> rip-off? <laughs> he was uh, startlingly original, this film. It's, it's weird. So I the, love Satan. We've, we've, oh, I, lo- I love Satan as well. It's the first time I've seen it on the big screen. I watched it at the um, Cinema Museum a couple of weeks ago as of the recording of this, uh, a couple of, like a month or so ago, as of the broadcast of this. We, we've talked about the Cinema Museum before. I feel like they... They are in constant need of love. Just so you know, they've now upped the quality of their bar. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really nice. But yeah, it was really lovely to see this there. It was part of uh, Humanities Film Festival that was playing. And I was astonished to see so few of the familiar faces from the horror crowd there. So yeah, just like subscribe to their Twitter feed and, and, and check out what they're playing because they play some really amazing stuff. But in this instance, they were showing Satan. It's been a long time since I've seen Satan. It's been a slightly less long time since I've seen The Exorcist. But what I was really impressed by was, like, despite the both derivative nature and the astonishingly cheap nature of the mm-hmm. film, it was actually still really effective, which it's I think is film. both... It's a testament to the to the content, like, to the actual structure of it, mm. but also, like, it's a, you know, Erksan is a pretty good director. Yeah. The thing is, what's interesting is I think aesthetically it looks much more like sort of Bay of Blood and you're like your early 60s Italian stuff, like costumes and, and decor and all that kind of stuff, than it does uh, like a like a 70s American movie. So, you know, mm. it, it, it feels, for, for those of you who, who share the sensibilities, the, my sensibilities where you love that sort of like Euro, like mid 60s to very early 70s like euro aesthetic um it sort of slides right into that and and Mm. some of the effects are terrible some of the effects are pretty good but it's yeah it's a really it's it's if you've not seen it and if you're not exposed to other turkish remakes or you know foreign language uh remakes it's a it's a really good one it's much more like so you look at something like um adam the man who saved the world which i recommended a few episodes ago because uh, just totally coincidentally, I'd, I'd rewatch that. That's its own film that happens to borrow heavily. It uses footage from other films to like fill in gaps. Like it's its own narrative, mm. and then it also happens to just use like, oh, we need a space fight, so we'll throw this in from Star Wars. Oh, we need a big bit of music, we'll put this in from Indiana Jones. Satan is essentially just a, a shot for shot remake, mm. like, or, a, or a beat for beat remake. I would yeah. say of um of the exorcist but it's it's peculiar in how well it works because of that hmm. sorry i got very serious no i mean it's a very serious film it's a very serious film. <laughs> um oh it, it's worth noting that the big change is that it's not about catholicism <laughs> <laughs> it's a muslim horror film yes uh which is really interesting so if you can imagine yeah the exorcist devoid of any catholic imagery that's what this is yeah, no, I love Satan. That's a that's a good one. Uh for me now, dear sweet, precious, loyal listener, um, I'm sure that by this point you'll have listened to our, our live from Frightfest, uh Arrow Video Podcast Live from Frightfest episode. Yeah. And on that episode, we had a, a surprising, uh, for us and for him, uh, special guest, Charlie Steeds. And he listed a load of films that he's been working on recently. I have 
been uh, a recipient of some of those films recently. Mm. I'm sure I'll talk about more in the future. But one I would like to recommend uh, that I watched in the past couple of weeks, sort of, because we're in January and yeah, uh, we're recording this time in December. Time is a bubble. Time is a, yeah, timey-wimey. But... I watched The Barge People, which isn't actually out yet even now, I believe. But it's Charlie's kind of love letter to 80s VHS kind of slasher slash monster movies. And I genuinely loved it. The the music is amazing. Uh, Cinematography is great. And it's got some lovely monsters. So if you, like I, am a fan of Rob Zombie... Uh, as is Charlie. Um, it's kind of that kind of vibe to a certain extent. But yeah, if you miss the days of VHS um, horror movies where, you know, you'd have a gaudy cover and read the back and it would sound insane, that is The Barge People. And as soon as it's out, I'll probably mention it on the podcast in the future. But um, yeah, I watched it in the past couple of weeks, technically. And I loved it. So, The Barge People. Dan, what have you got next? Um, So, by the time this goes up, this has been on uh, Netflix for quite some time now. (laughs) Uh, Decades. (laughs) It's the first series of Stranger Things. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's Psychokinesis. Have you seen that yet? No, not yet. So, that's Yun Sang-ho, or Sang-ho Yun who directed Train to Busan and Seal mm. Station, yeah, King yeah. of Pigs, uh, The Fake. Um, it's 100% his most uh, accessible film mm-hmm. so far. Like, you look at his animated stuff. It's whoa, whoa, whoa. More accessible than Train to Busan. Significantly more accessible. Mm-hmm. Than... Well, but, okay, so I get that you're taking the piss, but... I'm Train not, Busan... because that is a very well, accessible yeah, okay, film. Okay, so, yeah, but, like, so Train to Busan is... It's pretty violent, it's pretty... Uh, uh, it's a zombie movie, yeah, yeah. But, it's, uh, but it's much lighter in tone yeah. than, say, King of Pigs and The Fake, and, Correct. and even Seal Station, which came after. But um, as his first live-action film, it's, it's much more like mass audience, even mm. though it's a horror film. So Psychokinesis is a superhero movie, Ah. Not based on anything, but it is that uh, subsection of superhero movies uh, where it's an original narrative about someone who develops incredible powers and then has to come to terms with them. It's, it's, it's basically an origin story. Imagine that. But it's that thing that Korea loves, which is it's a downtrodden people being evicted by uh, corrupt property developers, yes. which is a, a regular occurrence in um, both like rom-coms in Korea and then also like social yeah. dramas. It's a, it's a staple. Batteries Not Included is one of their most important films. (laughs) It's their Citizen Kane, but go on. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Batteries Not Included, that famous Korean film. (laughs) That's fine, don't don't question that. So uh, in this instance, a a young woman who has made a name for herself as a restaurant owner, her mother dies during sort of an attack on on a building that her, it's part of a mall that has been sold for development and the company, the big like cutthroat development company have hired essentially a bang of uh, a gang of, uh, of, of like petty gangsters to, mm. to clear everyone out from the, uh, from the estate. Her mother dies and that puts them in like legal jeopardy. So they have to sort of back off a little bit and that gives the, uh, the, the people in the building a little bit of respite. 
And during that time, she is reconnected after the death of her mother because of the funeral. She's reconnected with her, her absentee father who left when she was very, very young. And he's given an opportunity to step up and be a father. All the while, he has been imbued with telekinetic powers for reasons that are literally never addressed. Of course they are. <laughs> it is uh, pretty delightful. As a movie, it's essentially very akin to Batteries Not Included in its tone, mm-hmm. except it does have that wonderful Korean thing of just like sideswiping you with a scene from a different genre Love it. every now and then. Yeah. Like it's got a really bloody beating in the middle of it. And then it does, and it's it starts with a pretty brutal, like it's not brutal per se, but like emotionally brutal right. death of a family member. It's not I Saw the Devil. It's not I Saw the Devil, although it does star the lead from I Saw the Devil. <laughs> 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 Amazing, right? Uh, I'm on. I'm, who plays I'm on board. The, the like befuddled, slightly shit father who suddenly discovers that he can literally pick up cars. And oh throw wow! Okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 a delight. It does have some like the thing, and we've talked about this before. But the thing I I enjoy so much about Korean cinema is that because it doesn't subscribe to the like the genre like divisions that we have in the West. Like it, it can just fucking turn yeah. on a dime and just be like off into another area that you I just mean, totally weren't expecting. I have to say, this does very much work in a podcast about the baby. Oh yeah, because you know the baby could be Korean for all we know, um, for all the weird a Korean terms. Italian co-production. Correct. <laughs> no, I love it. That's great. I will check out that one. It's a good recommendation. So my next one is a a film that just missed out on my best of 2018 uh, record, which episode, which we haven't actually done yet, but um, I I already know that it's not going to make it in. So I'm going to slip it into uh, our first uh, 2019 episode. And that is a film called Bloodfest. Now, uh, Bloodfest uh, got a lot of shit. It's gotten a lot of kind of quite bad reviews. But as uh, someone who loves uh, slashers and kind of, again, slightly trashy films, I think it's great. It is essentially... It's kind of influenced by Scream and The Cabin in the Woods, and I will admit that it's not as good as either of those films, but it's still good. And it's about a, a young horror fan who goes to a, a slightly unusual festival, which I don't believe exists in the real world, but it's a festival that celebrates horror, and it's kind of half festival, half kind of Disney World-style place where there's different... Uh, areas dedicated to different genres of of horror and uh, unfortunately it's all a big trap um, to basically murder horror fans. Is the the festival called Bloodfest? It's called Bloodfest. Okay, right. And and in order to survive, what the film posits is that they need to be aware of the rules of horror. However, unlike Scream and unlike Cabin in the Woods, this (laughs) never actually really comes into play. (laughs) How... Thus making it much more satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) However, however, um, I really enjoyed it. It's really fun and it's got just incredibly likeable actors and and that can make all the difference sometimes with these kinds of things. Yeah, both the male and the female lead are just so likeable and it's not perfect, but... You know, I really enjoyed it. And I think that a lot of people who listen to this, specifically this episode, because I feel like they have 
Low expectations. I feel like by now we've got a listenership <laughs> who listen to every episode, regardless of whether they care about the film. And I'm well, hoping that I can double Arrow's sales well, of the baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's the case. If, if only three of you buy it, then you, you'll have done that. Take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Your whore mouth. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But yeah, Bloodfest, don't expect the world from it. But if you want, you know... As I do sometimes, I watch a lot of art house stuff, but every now and then I need to watch something that's just fun, and Bloodfest is fun. I feel like I'm that your recommendation of a film that you are self-confessing is not as good as two other examples of the, of the genre is a slap in my face for making you watch the movie. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I'm not going to give the good know, stuff. Is it, so is it, a, is it a first-time director? Or is it like, do you know who, do you know anything about the people that made it? Or? So the director, mm. not only did he direct it, oh. not is only it, did he, he write it. Did he, does he star in it? He stars in it. Oh, that's my favourite. <laughs> uh, does, he, does he wear some tight shirts? He, he, do you know what? He does. And, <laughs> And a top hat. And what, what, you fuck what? Wear some tie shirts and a top hat? And not only that, but there is a character that is um, satirising other directors. So, um, Oh my God. Is it one of these You're going to watch this. I'm totally not. <laughs> How fucking dare you? How dare you say that to me tonight after I watch this I, I film? Be, okay. Quotes. Okay. Guarantee me this. Will I enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the baby? No. Then I'm not going to watch it. I, but I don't think you'll enjoy anything as much as you seem to enjoy the baby. There's maybe like three films. <laughs> you heard it here first, dear sweet listener. Right, shall we go into extra features? Extra features. Extra features. Extra now, features. before Dan goes into his extra feature, I have an extra Ooh. feature. Now, uh... Dear sweet listener, please write us more emails and letters. We do miss them. But we had a very lovely one on the 4th of November. So that's almost a month after we're recording this. And Which it's two months. We didn't go into no. the last episode we did that no. we have yet to record. But I've dug it out because nice. I fucking love it. Nice. So this is from uh, a young man named Chris Taran. Taran? Taran? Anyway, whatever your surname is, Chris, thank you for this email. Uh, it says... Thoughtful. It's not awful. Like, right. I didn't say How, awful, I said thoughtful. Right, thoughtful. How do you pronounce that? Tyran. Tyran. Right, Ty- Chris Tyran. I don't... I'm very sorry, Chris. I, I thought Sam was being much less... Uh, yeah, no, I, I apologise. He was sorry. about to insult my intelligence, Chris, and you inspired that. So, it says... <laughs> but I still love your email. Hi, Dan and Sam. Whenever my wife and I put on an arrow disc, we can't help but say... Hello, I'm Dan Martin, and I'm Sam Ashurst in our best English accents after the Arrow logo and theme song. Thanks for doing what you do. We look forward to each new episode. And that's from Chris and Heather from NY. And the reason I love that so much is that I do the same thing now. (laughs) (laughs) You do impressions of us. No. Both of us. But literally, whenever I watch an Arrow disc and the the music comes in, I always think to myself, hello. the podcast, yeah. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) no, thank you for that email. And And, uh, and given that you do impressions of us, I feel marginally less bad about mutilating your surname. Also, Sam mutilated your surname. I mean, I I still feel bad, but that's fine. Now, Dan, you have something for extra features, extra features. Yes, I have absolutely nothing because I wasn't able to make it work. 
Um, right, I think we should uh, wrap this up. So what you're saying is the next time there's a royal baby, everyone, this should be played on all channels. <laughs> I mean, everyone should watch this. Yeah. All I, day. It broadcast directly to their eyes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay, I, Thank you. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> never watch this, dear listener. Stop it. Never Stop it right it. now, Sam. Save yourselves. Listen. Whatever the fuck it was, Sam recommended. <laughs> <laughs> Sack that off. Get right. a copy of the baby. Buy it at full price, and then just like buy another Aridist you've not heard of, just on the off chance, because they deserve it for taking these brave choices. Because this is a wonderful film. I mean, yeah, listen to Dan. Don't listen to me. But also, just save yourselves eighty-five minutes of your life. No, a, a- eighty-seven, and B, shut up. <laughs> right, we're gonna we're gonna stop this arguing. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we really do promise we'll be more professional. I don't. Next time. No, I'm not doing that anymore. Bye-bye. Bye.